Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Zonk the Bronk, okay? The great Larry's, I, by the way, a Syracuse man. And what he does is he knocks out a little uh, adult beverage there because of the fact that the Eagles, the last undefeated, remaining undefeated team in the NFL, got taken down by the Wash Commanders last night. So Zonk says, I'm a Commanders fan. And he popped a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, I mean, you know, you know how it goes. I mean, Mercury Morris for so long was definitely the first one popping the champagne and letting everybody know exactly how he felt about that record. And we have to say, perfect once again. The 72 Dolphins are the unblemished squad. The dreams, the hopes of all 32 teams has now officially come to an official end last night after that beating um, by the, by the, com- the commanders placed on the Eagles. And it was a sloppy game, Wolf. Sloppy, sloppy game. But the Commanders and, and look at this, the Commanders, they're they're in playoff contention <laughs> in that red hot <laughs> NFC East. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's they're, they're right there, man. Hey, listen, you know, now the funny thing, I this is what made it so funny for me, because of course we all know the story of the seventy two Dolphins and, and the fact that Zonk said, you know, a couple years ago when uh, the Steelers started off eleven and oh and the commanders knocked them off. Uh, he said I'm a, he was a Commanders fan, knocked the Steelers off from their eleven zero start. But uh, Shula said the the real story about that. He goes, the story that we all sit around and have champagne together is is false. He says that isn't true. He says he said Nick Bunacani and Dick Anderson, all right, the middle linebacker and safety, they lived next to each other in Coral Gables. So they went out in their driveway after what I don't know it was a few you know a bunch of years ago something happened and they popped the champagne bottle and toasted each other. He said and they were too cheap to invite the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm surprised they weren't like those little champagne split bottles, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe ginger ale. There you go. There we hey, – hey, nobody knows the difference once it's in the glass. I'm That's just it. Saying. That's it. But yeah, uh, Shula says he was, they were too cheap. I love that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. No, I mean, it, it, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a fun story while it lasted. Yes, but, exactly so. And it's, but you know, now, do you ever see, off. yeah, do you ever see a team going undefeated? You know, I mean, the, the Patriots yeah. almost back at what, 2016 or something like that. They were 17 and 0, or I don't, was it? Maybe it was a decade what, earlier. Was it? That. A, no, no that, yeah, yeah, I was going to say that was a Randy Moss year. That was a 42, Super Bowl 42. Okay. 
Yeah, you know what? They lost Again, to the Giants. I start quoting exact facts and figures. You better get a fact checker. <laughs> l- 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 listen, it's all good. It happens to the best of us. Once again, why let it, why let facts get in the way of a good story? There you go. Just, just you know, you That's... know, just 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 sell it. Just believe it. I knew I liked you, <laughs> young man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, here's another one for you tonight, buddy. It starts. Do you know what tonight oh, yeah. is? Oh, do I, my friend? Does it does it happen to be um, of a History Channel nature, and does it also have to do with an island named after a tree? Yes, yes, my friend, you are exactly on because tonight is season ten, the premiere of the Curse of Oak Island. Yes, Ooh. it's starting now. Listen to this: after a decade of searching. Rick, Marty, that's the Laginas, okay? And the team return to Oak Island and immediately uncover evidence of a mysterious tunnel in the money pit. And for the first time ever, the fellowship gets a clear look at an underground structure, getting them closer than ever to solving the 227-year-old mystery. What say you, Maximilian? I mean, I am I am just uh, over over the moon. I mean, obviously we know <laughs> that they they have they have found some more cool stuff. Um, we saw. Well, I was watching the digging deeper episode last night. Yes, me too. Interesting. Yeah, you, you saw that interesting wood piece that was found along yes. the uh, the riverbank. Yep. Um, that one. Then when they were showing about how they like how they dammed off and they sunk a ship. For the specific purposes of creating that like swamp area, so I mean it was uh, it was it was cool. I mean there, there's there's some awesome stuff. I, I'm you know you know I it's like they keep I feel like it's almost like the treasure is looking up at them like ha ha up too far left up too far right too far south too far north. I feel like it's like or 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 it's just it's shimmying like I feel like the treasure shimmying below their feet. Um, but no, it, it, it's it's pretty awesome. I can't wait to see what they start doing and what new technology and techniques and new finds they get um, starting up this, this season. You know, it's, it's so interesting in the fact that you think about this. When you come out with hewn timbers, okay, it's kind of like the timbers back in the 1600s, 1700s, where, you know, they, they got the ads, they're like an axe, and they chop away, and you, get, you can see where the, the mark's on it. And it's 140 feet down, 100 feet down. What's going on? Who's down there creating tunnels? And why would you go to the trouble of putting tunnels down there unless there was a treasure, my friend? And, but and think about that. We're talking about an a an island wolf, right? And b an island that you could actually drill a hundred feet down and still not hit water. <laughs> well, no, they have hit water. Well, they, but, they I mean, but, but it was like damned off. It was the, the damned yes. off water. But I mean. Normally, you think an island, okay, I mean, it is this mass that's kind of connect, but you're thinking, okay, we're going to hit an aquifer or something by then. No, no. Outside of the man-made stuff that they're using to dam it off and protect the treasure, it, it still goes deeper and deeper. It, it's, it's crazy to me. It is crazy. But, you know, when you see the remnants of a couple wharfs where in the harbor of Oak Island, which is up by Nova Scotia, for those of you that are, are not connecting with this, um, you've got you've got a, a situation where you it's obvious you brought in some ships. There's a wharf they offload. They've got oxen, uh, 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 
shoes, you know, the ox shoes. They put on oxen to pull stuff, you know. I mean, there's just a whole lot of stuff going on there, and you're like going, great googly moogly. Are they going to find some treasure eventually or not? They do water testing. They got gold in the water, but they can't find this this chapel vault, which supposedly, which was found, um, uh, what, close to 100 years ago or something, when uh, they, yeah. they found, you know, they, they first got a, a uh, some sort of view of the chapel vault thing, but they've not been able to find it. So I don't know. My wife says they're just stringing you along. <laughs> and sometimes, it, yeah, it does feel like that at times, but I still believe it's the treasure. It's there. It's a 227-year-old mystery. Now I'm locked in. You got to find out. Well, it's 10 years in, Wolf. I mean, you have to find out what happens at this point. You have literally, you know, dedicated hours. <laughs> hundreds of hundreds of hours to them digging a hole. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean. Yep. At but, this point, I, I need to see something. I need to see a gold coin. I got to see a gold okay, coin. Okay, but how about this? How about the, the cross that they found made of uh metal oh, the lead the, the lead. lead yeah lead cross. that was yes and it linked it back to um the the uh templars yeah, uh, the, yeah oh, the lead cross. Now, come on now that's intriguing <laughs> that is intriguing and because i mean when you think about you know the course that everybody had to make to get to this island right you know what i'm saying like from europe like the navigation, like to get a get across the Atlantic, but then to get through all of like the the lakes and rivers to get through the Great Lakes to get well, over it's there. Easy, they got in, GPS. In That's not a problem. <laughs> that is correct. Gangplank security <laughs> systems. Exactly. No, it's great. That's all it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that crow, hey, that crow's nest guy loves Garmin. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> Too bad the Titanic didn't have it, huh? Yeah, exactly. Either he had a Garmin or a Magellan. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he might have been busy going around the southern part of the world. Um, no, I, I digress. See, there we go. See, I start doing nerd jokes. And well, it's not good we, we're, we're about to jump the shark with this one. But we no, we're not. We're going to we watch. Not going to jump the shark <laughs> tonight at nine o'clock. It is the yes. curse of Oak Island. So se- season ten. Uh, episode one we got to find out do they find this treasure they they do find some sort of mysterious tunnel we got to find out what's going on down 100 feet down in a in a island i don't know but it, it is intriguing but what say you my friend after you taking a look at uh you know the film i know you watched some film from the game and everything anything popping out at you uh i i was just the one thing that popped out, because I was watching a little bit of defensive film, mm-hmm. um, DeMonte KZ, man, what could have been had he been available the first half of the season? You know, that's a that, great that's, thought. Uh, yeah, because he, I mean, it, he hits so hard. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, he flies around. And it's not like, oh, he's been off eight weeks. Of course, he's going to fly around. No, he was doing this in training camp right. when there were not even shoulder pads on people, he was doing the same exact thing that I saw on film. So it was one of those things where you said, okay, practice makes perfect. And I, and that, that's what that's what I just kept seeing. He just kept showing up. Even when it wasn't a tackle or, or a pass was overthrown, like KZ's in the area and yes. he's hunting. He's like, 
Oh, that's not legal. He does not. He is not going for the ball yet, or the ball was clearly out of the way. I'm not allowed to hit that human being and knock him out. I mean, that's literally what it was. It was like a shark going around like the ocean, and he's like, "Ah, that sea turtle's not. He's not ready yet. He got one. He has one fin in. Right. I, I want all four fins out when I attack him. <laughs> so I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait." You know, just know that I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you can expand on this. You think about the fact that we were without Minka and the same kind of thing. What would have happened with Casey and uh, T.J. Watt back? Healthy Minka. Man, oh, man. It makes you kind of go, whoa. <sighs> yeah. What could have been in that first half of the season. Yeah, and also, I mean, the boost that it gives your offensive scoring. Because, I mean – that's one of the things that's, you know, it's just a tough pill to swallow is where the Steelers at, you know, that they can't, that they haven't been scoring points. And then you have another 20 point display, but I mean, you know, we want to, we want to see what does it look like to get in the thirties and scoring just, you know, once. It could have been you that know, this past Sunday. Feel, feel comfortable with it. <laughs> ah. So I just think that that probably would have aided some of those opportunities for the offense. But, yeah, I, I digress. And obviously, you know, Matthew Wright's going to continue to work on his kicking. But, um, but yeah, it, it's just, it, was, it was so cool to see that. I thought that was one of the things that really jumped off of the screen for me, Wolf, was just how much um, Kaze, Kate, what Casey did. And, and you could see that he was in the meetings, right? Right. Oh, Even yeah. though he couldn't play, he was there and he was absolutely locked in and dialed in. Because I didn't feel like, you know, DBs for the most part, from what I watched, it was usually about about the it was, it was about the first half. Uh, they just they just weren't out of position, you know. And I think that was something that was that was good. I mean, Andy Dalton, a couple of those passes in the first. I mean, he was right on the money um, when, when when he did. But when he was off, he was boy, he was off. And you could see that there was pressure involved with that, which was nice to see quarterbacks getting diverted because of the pressure and uh, and not succeeding. Absolutely. You know who else I really appreciated was was Cam Sutton. You know, he broke on a couple yeah. of passes and made some great plays. And, you know, quietly, he's been having a very good season, I think, in my most humble opinion. I think, I think uh, Cam Sutton is one heck of a ball player. You watch him out there, and you know that he first made his bones as a guy who was – one of those movable guys, one of those guys that you can move inside, outside. You could probably get away with playing safety with, with Cam Sutton. One of those guys who is, you know, back-end pieces that is um, capable of delivering a, a, a good performance at wherever you put him on the back end. And, and I, he's quietly, I thought, just come along and done a very good job thus far. No, I, you know, and, and, I, and I agree with you. I agree that Cam, Cam has been – Steady Eddie, so to speak. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, like he has just been a guy who has, who's just played his job, right? I mean, whether you send him inside to the slot, whether you have him manned up on the outside, I mean, he can do it all. Blitz off the edge, you know. He gives you ni- he gives you nice man coverage, but he also can play off the ball in a lot of the zone stuff that that we roll to, um, you know. And it's just it was it's just refreshing to see that. Um, you could count on him to be there, and I, you know. And, and here's another thing: I, I'm gonna throw it right across the way. I thought that uh, Levi Wallace, you know, coming yes. back into action, dealing dealing with the dings on dings on dings that he's dealt with yes. <laughs> to get back here. Uh, you know, he, he he did a great job. He drew he drew a tough assignment. Obviously, Chris Olave 
was one of their main focal points in this offense. And Levi, more often than not, found himself mano y mano with, uh, with, with uh, Chris Olave. I thought he acquitted himself well. You know, I thought he, he, I thought he played physical. I thought he was bump. There was just some, some fantastic catches by Olave that you – I mean, you're right on the guy. You know what I'm saying? He right, still makes right. a couple of catches. You're just like, hey, man, that's par for the course. That dude gets paid too. That's the reason why he got drafted in the first round. You know, <laughs> I mean, yes. he, he, he is that good. But I love the way he defended a lot of those sideline, deeper passing rounds. And, of course, you know, he was right in position. But KZ came across uh, on that sideline pass where, the, where, where KZ drew the uh, intercept, uh, the um, pass interference. But, I mean, Levi was right there trying in front of him, trying to combat the ball and everything. Um, and nice interception. So, I mean, there was just – there was a lot of good play by our secondary. And, I, and that was really – Great to see when you're talking about having the absence of um, Minka out there, you know, not out there, but on the sidelines, and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel uncomfortable, right? Right. You know, you wonder what could have been had KZ been in against Buffalo and that Gabe Davis play. I'm not, I'm gonna, not, no, not, not throwing shade on anybody else, right. but you. I'm just saying. Gabe Davis might not have gotten <laughs> up. <laughs> That's very true. You know who else we can throw a little bouquet at? was Arthur Mollette. You know, remember, yes. in that second quarter, on a third and seven, he's in man coverage, and you got Olave going up the seam, right? And it's kind of like, uh, he's like almost running a fade route while he's at the, in the seam. And what do we got? We got Mollette in man-for-man coverage and just dislodging the ball in a perfectly timed, you know, running with the guy, reaching for the hands, and then ripping through the hands. It was perfectly done by Arthur Millette. Man, salute on that one. Yeah, no, I, I, Arthur. Arthur. Once again, Arthur's also been one of those guys, right? We don't talk about him as much, right? But but we should. That, we, we probably that, should. Yeah, huh? Exactly. Yeah, manning that nickel position. That that that's a lonely world, man. You you got the. It's like the island in between the islands. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, you, you, and you normally are now starting to get more of your top receivers trying to get in those slot positions if they're tweener height. Right, because right. they know that 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 middle area in that slot is going to draw a different type of defender, and that different type of defender has been Arthur Millette, and Arthur Millette's done a great job of defending a lot of that short stuff across the middle. You know, some of the more popping middle routes, not necessarily the deeper routes, or sometimes they're running exchange, what we call exchange routes, where they're running the rubs, and the inside guy becomes the outside guy down the sideline that that now takes kind of that up and out type of motion, and then next thing you know, Arthur Millette's playing corner, right? Yeah. And the corner's actually playing the nickel because of the exchange responsibilities. And it, it was it's something that he, he's, he's never complained, and the dude will blitz off the edge in a heartbeat and try and put his face through the numbers of the quarterback, you know? And that, yes. that's a great sign. And you, you know, one a willing of the, guy. Yeah, one of the things, too, he's a willing participant coming off the edge and tracking down a back from behind. Look, that's no easy deal. You go down the line of scrimmage and the backs are cutting, and you can get in all kinds of chaos with all the big heavy hoofers, those large prairie mammals in the trenches falling over and everything, and yet he has, he's he got no fear, man. You watch him go. He goes after it. I mean, it's, it's not even a uh, – he's got no regard for his safety or anybody else's for that matter. No, absolutely not, and, and, he, and he sacrifices it all for the team, so – Great kid. I mean, tremendous story. You highlighted it, Wolf. Um, talking about just what it took to get here and to see him flourishing is truly an awesome thing. Well, right. Wolf, 
You yes. know what it is? It's, it's time, time, right? That's right. It's, t- it's time <laughs> to get on is it, the side. Is it episode what? two? Episode two of the Episode two. <laughs> the episode of- <laughs> two. Or, or, or it's just the first commercial break because you know it's going to be a long premiere tonight. So yes, yes. Here we we're, go. we're taking the first commercial break here uh, of, of our, <laughs> you know, Curse of Oak Island slash in the locker room edition uh, of the show. Of Tomlin Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. It is, to- it is a Tomlin Tuesday. The Tomlin press conference will come on right after us, after our show ends down there on the south side. And then, of course, the, the, the man, the legend, uh, Stan Saverin will take over after that. But, um, but you, know, we'll, we'll, you know, going into the next uh, segment, yes. let's continue to talk about some of, some of the performance. Let's talk about the defense. What went right yeah. so well? I mean, I know we kind of went on yesterday kind of hitting some of the highlights, but let, let's dive a little bit deeper when we come back um, uh, on a defensive day as well. You know, defensive Tuesday. How about that? Defense Absolutely. Tuesday. That works for me, my friend. We're not going to be offensive till Wednesday, at least. You know, um, <laughs> strictly be defensive. When we come back here in the locker room, Wolf and Stars here on SNR and ESPN Radio. We're coming in uh, talking about defensive stuff, right? This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dalton in the gun. He's back. Big rush. Throws it long down the field. That pass will be dropped. Broken up by Arthur Millette on Chris Olave, who appeared to have it for an instant. And then Millette just knocked the ball out of his grasp. You got to love that. Arthur Millette running stride for stride, mano a mano, right up the seam. And it's kind of like a little fade route. He's fading to the outside. There's On the outside, as a guy stopped and did a stop route. And so it's Millette and it's Olavi, this this kid that can tear the top off the coverage. And they go mano a mano, bammo. I, mean, I love it. Millette makes that move, gets up, rips the ball out of the hands. And what a great job this guy has done because whether it's covering people and going into the game, he had one forced fumble, 27 tackles, a sack, a pass defense. I mean, Arthur Millette is one is what Mike Tomlin said when he, he proffered at the beginning, said, you know what, he's a real NFL dude. Well, I, I, I mean, it's, it's apparent he's an NFL dude outside of the fact that he's already in the NFL. Well, um, okay, Captain but, Obvious, but, way to go. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, he's a real NFL dude. I'm like, well, I should hope so. Well, you know, what I'm you know yeah. I mean, there's there's just something. When Mike Tomlin says it, it carries a little deeper meaning. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I know what it means. I, you know, you got to have a little fun in the morning. I so got you. I, I decided to, I got decided you. to, decided to, to play, the, play the Captain Obvious game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's you're right. I, I mean, Arthur, what, what he provides, what he's – you know, such such a good young man as far as he's really disciplined on his keys and he doesn't allow plays to bleed into one another, meaning bad plays don't trickle into, you know, worse plays. Yes. Or back-to-back bad plays. Like, he's a guy that can really just change his, change his mind, change his head, 
and just get, just let it out off his system and get right back out there and play as though it's play one of the game again. And that's something that's really cool to see. And, you know, I, I really like our secondary. You know, obviously I wish they were healthier. <laughs> but Right. <laughs> I like the pieces that we have in that secondary. And, you know, and, and, and T.A. was very frank with us in training camp, Wolf, right? Right. Talking about – Hey, you know, we, we, we gotta have we gotta have at least three starting corners because if we have three, that means we'll have two. Um right. and you know you didn't you but but he didn't count Arthur Millette into that equation, right? Nickelback's his own special position. And so he was referring to the outside guys, and we were talking about a tight heat lead, uh, tight heat that was in the middle uh, of this defense for that nickel and extra safety. You thought about Demonte KZ there. You right. thought about Arthur Millette. You thought about um, what's the boy? He had the um, he had his kid. I can't remember his name now from training camp. Um, that was having a good camp, and then he and then he got injured. Um, oh, oh, what's his oh, name? Man, I can't remember. Uh, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna crush. It's gonna crush me too. Um, but it was like remember it was like three of them that were yes. competing really right. hard for that. And of course, Arthur ends up winning that position in that battle. I thought that was uh that, that just showed his mental toughness, right? Even even with a, a a hot contest for the numbers game because I I would say defensive back and secondary was tied there with wide receiver, would you say? The deepest positions going into uh training camp. Very deep. As yeah. far as how many guys you had and to see the dust settle and to see guys rise up to the occasion. You know, I, I I I loved like you said Arthur Millette. You mentioned Cam Sutton, right? Showing their showing their elk, even though you're bringing in, and you know you brought in Akello last year, so I still count him as a new guy. Right. Um, and then you bring in Levi Wallace, and Cam does not blink, does not flinch. Like you said, and then you bring in Demonte KZ um, at that sa- at that safety position to compete with Terrell Edmonds, right? Trey Norwood. And 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 all these guys still found a way, right? The cream rose to the top. Yes. Um, you know, because of that. Now, granted, you you know, you got a great a great guy because I feel like that Miles Killaboo kind of plays that nickel slash nickel linebacker type position. We don't really see him as much because of Arthur Millette, the job that he's doing. And his blitz capability, you know, doesn't give you that much. Marcus Allen who was injured all through camp, right? He doesn't really get on the field on defensive snaps. Like, these guys are now really core four special teams guys. Yes. Um, so, it just goes to show you how good Arthur has gotten. You know, and even from last year to this year, taking that jump and getting even more comfortable with the with the position and responsibilities that he's not even been usurped through all the change and everything else. You know, when Mike Hilton left, it was – to me, that was like a that was a a big piece of the defense leaving, because Mike Hilton just had that knack. You know, Terrell Edmonds talked about it. He had he's like um they say they they referred to him in the D back room as a guy that was really six four two fifty rather than the you know the five five eight whatever Mike Hilton is five seven and uh, you know hundred buck whatever. But they they said you know he he's got the stealth mode cloak. You know he can sneak into on the blitzes and he times it up so well. I mean there was everything. Mike Hilton was just a great nickel corner you know and then yeah I, I and I felt like we lost something there when we lost Mike Hilton and then to have Arthur Millette come now and do some of the work that he's doing it's very Hilton like 
You know, it's very Mike Hilton-like in my mind, just watching what he does and the way that he, you know – not not it's not a totally reckless abandon but he he is not one that's worried about business decisions on the field he is going about his business 100 miles an hour and i appreciate the way he plays cuz he's a really a kind of a throwback guy yeah i mean it, it is it's just hey what's the job yeah. the job is to hit the guy with the ball gotcha i'm good you want me <laughs> to blow things up i'm good you know exactly Say less. Let me do more. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. And that's one of the things that I love about him is the enthusiasm that he brings. He's, you know, he's a little bit louder in the locker room, I think, than Mike Hilton was. But I don't know for a fact because I've not been around, you know, uh, you know exactly so. But you hear things. And so a guy like Arthur, you know, uh, Millette would be he's, – he's one of those guys that is a leader with, with big hits out there. And I think that he just really adds to the – the defensive back room with uh, his his level of play both against the run and against the pass no I think you're absolutely right and the way he fits into the defense and can play near the line of scrimmage is just an added bonus he's not a guy that has to play off and in zone and oh my gosh I got a man responsibility you know oh my goodness it's a good receiver no it doesn't matter no nameless gray face nameless gray face that is detached from 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 the offensive line grouping and tight end grouping, that's my guy. That's all he knows. And I thought that you know, and, and to see that you know, you always get excited about that because I think, you know, he does he does a great job at that, and and you know, he fits in well. I think I think with the way that secondary room is set up, he just he's a personality that fits right in there, right? Because you think of Terrell. Terrell's kind of a more cooler, calm, collected type of guy. Right. Mika's a cerebral, apparently, what they talked about. Grumpy guy. He's a grumpy cat. <laughs> um, grumpy kitty. <laughs> grumpy kitty. And then, you know, I don't really know that much about Akello, but Akello just seems like, you know, a good dude. Um, you know, but not, not, not one that's too vocal or anything. Him and Levi, kind of a little bit more quiet. Cam is the other one I feel like is a very loud, boisterous guy. Right, correct. Yeah, definitely from his sideline personality. And uh, and when they come off the field, very vocal. And I feel like him and Arthur kind of are those two that are like, okay, we're the mouthpieces, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yep. when a coach wants to get your attention, we're the whistles. And I think that's kind of a cool dynamic to see what everybody's role is within that construct. And there's no competing personalities. I think everybody kind of builds off of each other. Unquestionably so. And another guy that is starting to stack some good performances together is the aforementioned that you mentioned was Levi Wallace. You know, a guy who had yeah. had some issues with the shoulder, um, you know, had to go back and play against his old team, you know, which is always – that's kind of one of those things where it's, it's tough when you take it on the chin versus your old team. But he's got now 21 tackles. He's got six passes defensed. He's got two interceptions. And you, you start to yeah. see the competitiveness and his ability to really come out and play over the last couple of weeks. You know, it takes some adjustment. You got to get adjusted to new new digs, you know, new place, new new yeah. uh, D.C., new uh, everything. And it, it takes a little while to get comfortable. And then your playing starts to catch up with your comfortability. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it takes time. I mean, we, we talk about you know, offensive line a lot and as far as the continuity that it takes to get comfortable with each other. I think for secondary, that's the next toughest grouping to deal with because of all of the mix of responsibilities. 
um, you know, they're working off of a coverage scheme right. that has loose principles until the offense disperses from a huddle and lines up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? If you say I've got the outside receiver and that's my man, and then that dude runs in motion, you're like, oh, okay, either I got to run or I got to bump, and then. If I bump now, what does my responsibility become if we are if we are doing an exchange, right? Or how does it move when it's overshifted by an entire gap or two? You know, what is what am I now keying on? You know, all those things kind of play just like an offensive line, right? Like we have a we have a we have a base protection call, but the defense hasn't lined up to declare yet. We got to figure out who the mic is. Then of course once we have our motion, now does that mic change, right? Does that does our rule responsibilities change? So now that changes my set. Yes. Now how do I adjust my set based off of what the new mic ID is? Are we leaving this guy open? Is he the hot that the quarterback's accounting for? Or do we need to cover up the quarterback? I'm waiting for him to give me those keys so that I can now adjust on the fly based off of what's presented. And I think that's what kind of, when you look at defensive backs, that's the same thing that happens with them in the secondary. A lot more communication has to go on once we show them, you know, if they're, if they're stuck in nickel, and we happen to come out in a, in a base look, and now you got a, the H-back detached on the opposite side. Okay, well, somebody has to make a decision. Who's going to be the extra man in the box? Is it, is it the safety coming down from depth? Or is it that nickel bumping in? and playing that kind of eighth man in the box. All those things have to kind of play together, and I feel like there's a level of communication beyond just the call that a lot of players have to deal with. And so it's a tough job, and those guys are those guys are starting to come together. And you know what? I think it really was emphasized by their work over Taysom Hill. You know, you think about Taysom Hill. Yeah. He's a quarterback. He's a wildcat quarterback. There's a difference between the two, like we were talking about last night and the point after. Right, you got to. He yeah. plays the slot. He plays the tight end. He plays H back. He's played wide receiver. He's played running back. You've got to account knowing what where he's at. You've got to account for the down distance and personnel grouping they're in, and then you make your 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 defense kind of you know encompass whatever he brings to that. That, that, you know, Swiss Army knife body of his. You got to account for where he lines up if he's as an H back and what he likes to do, or the Wildcat quarterback, or the wide. You know, I mean, it's just, that's a lot to take in. They defensed him very, very well. Yeah. Or just playing tight end. I mean, he, right? he literally plays everywhere on the offense except for offensive line. Right. And so, too bad he should he should do that just to you know just just give it a shot you know just make it all encompassing say I played everywhere (laughs) Um, I deserve an opportunity at this but um, but you're absolutely right I mean you know think about Taysom Hill for all the places he lined up he had exactly one yard of production yeah that's like unbelievable but again it goes to um, the coaches being. On the on the job. When Taysom Hill's in the game, you got to know not only is he in the game, where he is in the game, and then you've and got then, because of your scouting, then you've got to adjust your defense to account for the position that he's playing and what they like to do with him in that you know, and hope that it's not uh, you know one of those uh, you know uh, snipe hunts. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and to see Jerry O running around with a bib around his neck uh, was pretty good. <laughs> He was ready for the lobster bit, man. He, listen, he was he was ready he was ready for an all you can eat lobster fest or all you can eat crab legs. I don't know where he was getting those. 
because last time I checked, the Monongahela does not produce crab <laughs> or lobster or any crustacean, really. Um, maybe a mollusk or two, but definitely not a crustacean. Um, but while we figure out that science, and we, uh, we, you know, we're going to send Wolf to go fish in the mine to see what he can catch. We're about the um, science. Yeah, we are about the science. <laughs> Oak Island. There you go. Monongahela lobsters and crawfish. Uh, no, we'll, we'll do it all. But we're going we're, we're to step aside another time because it's break time here in the locker room. I think, I think sometimes, you know, Guys, got to break away. You got to go. You got to go hit the mouthwash. You got to go get a little, get a little shave in before the day starts. Or get some in the coffee. locker room, or go get some jet fuel coffee, which is there what I go. had. Well, I was forced to do for a couple of years. It was <laughs> mandated, and I hate coffee, but it's all good. But we're gonna come back here in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas here on SNR and ESPN Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back is Dalton. Big rush. He's sacked back inside the 40-yard line. And that is Alex Highsmith, sack number seven and a half on the year. He came in tied for 12th in the league, and he climbs that ladder. And, you know, this young man's been climbing the ladder ever since he landed in Pittsburgh. I can remember when Keith Butler first spoke very highly of him, said, this guy doesn't make the same mistake twice. One of the key components of a young ball player is learning to, number one, get the trust of your OC or DC, you know, the coordinators, first of all. And then second of all, you don't make the same mistake twice, which I made, like, uh, I remember one game in Miami, I think the same mistake like three times. When I got benched, it was, you know, it's a humbling thing. It's hard. It's not easy. And yet we've seen Alex Highsmith grow year by year. And obviously it's great when you've got a marauding uh, partner on the other side in the likes of TJ Watt. But as soon as Watt comes back, you know, you, when you all of a sudden, now you realize you're getting the TJ treatment over there because you're getting the chips and the dips like you talk about, right? The fact is, yeah. Alex, I look at his stats. I mean, he's got... 10 quarterback hits. He's got 36 tackles, eight and a half sacks. He's got two, four, uh, three forced fumbles, eight tackles for loss. This kid's playing some ball, man. No, he exactly is. And this is a kid, you know, I'm going to continue to reiterate. I mean, I watched him at Charlotte. Right. I remember, yes. I remember calling the scouting department and saying, hey, uh, <laughs> y'all might need to get somebody down here to look at this kid because he's built different. He plays different style of football. So, you know, I was blessed and fortunate. I got to watch Alex play for three years um, mm -hmm. in college before coming, of course, to our beloved black and gold. And and he was a kid that's just continually gotten better and better and better. And that that's all you can ask for, right? Right. If I can constantly see improvement, uh, not only from game to game, but season to season, I mean, that's what that's when you've got the right guy. Um, he's, he has not plateaued yet. I think he's still scratching the surface on his potential, Oh yeah. but he's taken a big leap. He has taken the starting role and, and honored the number 56 
very proud. I'm sure Lamar Woodley is happy to see his number having justice be delivered and be a prominent, fearsome uh, type of name when it comes to the edge presence that Alex Highsmith presents. And and now that he's now that he's got his buddy back, you know what I'm saying? Yes, he got his wingman back. He's he's <laughs> definitely feeling the mojo. Well, you know, it, it's got to be a comfortable feeling to to face just one guy instead of multiple assailants on the other side. You know, like TJ gets some regular treatment. You know, and then yeah. to be able to come off and do it. And I love the fact that he's still working on his spin moves. He's working on his dip and rip. You know, I, I love the fact yeah. that he's now, instead of uh, get op- getting his shoulders square to the tackle, he's now turning and able to dip and go under and throw that uppercut without exposing his upper body to those gargantuan and mammoth offensive tackles who can lock onto you if you present a square punching surface to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, then there's variations off of that because – his long arm stab still works pretty good. Yes, when you're good thinking, point. When you're thinking, you're you're expecting that little that little dip and uppercut type of rip move. Then he just hits the guy as the guy's kind of off balance, and now you pit. Now you hit that shoulder, and now you collapse him down as well. So I mean, he's still working on on good variety, which is which is what you want to constantly see. You don't want a guy getting a bead on what you're going to do. I like the fact that he can he can he can deliver that spin. From an inside foot up or an outside foot up, he understand he understands the rules, right? If yes. outside foot is there, you 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 can't do the spin until until you come back to balance, and that's usually on the even step when it's outside because you want to make sure it's outside leaning into the guy, so you kind of give that pressure. If you do it with with with, with that with that inside foot and you try and spin off of it, it puts you off balance. And therefore, it's easy. I used to love that. I'm like, hey, this guy does not really know how to spin. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, all right. Well, he wants to spin. Let's treat him like a drill bit. Let's take him to the ground. <laughs> there you go. You know Let's who see. was? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Interrupt. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're, I'm, I'm finished with the thought. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Back in the day, Carl Harrison, who was a Philadelphia Eagle, and then later on he was uh, a Cleveland Brown was one of the wicked spinners. I mean, one of those guys that could – he'd throw that uppercut, then he'd get his, his keister, his hip, into you, trying to, you know, be able to use that as a – like almost like a tire grabbing ground, you know, and then come out of that spin getting up field. You know what I mean? But you, oh, yeah. you couldn't let him get his hip into you. And it was – I it was – it was the hardest thing for me to learn when I played against Carl Harrison. You got to punch, and as soon as he turns that shoulder, you got to punch him right in the hip. You cannot let yeah. that hip get inside up against you because he will leave you like on the ground. You know when he when yeah. he, he, he he got that great bull rush. The second unique spin I've told you before was Clyde Simmons, also of the Eagles. But Clyde Simmons was a six eight six nine guy, and he used to hook your head when he throws an elbow when he would spin. You know, and and yeah. I had the best defense against it because I was only six one and in the middle of one play one time he spun through that elbow and it went right over my head. <laughs> yep, there we go. Listen, sometimes you got the right body type for the job, Wolf. Yes. But you but you know what we do have the right type person for the job coming up in the next segment. Who do we have, Wolf? Oh, that would be our man Alvaro Martin. That's right. And of course, what does the top of the hour bode oh what is it it is the power hour buddy yes that's right we got the power hour 
Coming up next here in the locker room, along with Steelers play-by-play Spanish broadcast, Alvaro Martin here in the locker room. Maybe he brought some arepas. I'll ask him next <laughs> when we come back here in the locker room with Stars and Wolf. <laughs> here on SNR and ESPN Radio. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.